0: So Lombardi line is we welcome you in a busy spring sports betting day. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South point. Michael Lombardi preparing diligently for mother's day out in Jersey. Yes. <laughs> Are yes. you good? Now you yes. have, you've got a lot going on because not only do you have the queen and Millie, but you've got daughter-in-laws all over the place. You've got a lot to tackle yeah. my friend.
1: Yeah. I got a lot of mothers around me. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's always a good thing. And you know, you have to honor the, 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 the the, your uh, son's wives who've produced the greatest gifts of all which are grandchildren so absolutely Patrick I mean yeah it's a big day it's always a big day <laughs> it is every a day's a big day. <laughs> day every day's a big day in my house I mean you know like there's no there's no, re- there's no rest for the weary let's be real honest here you, you guys so we we'll yeah. back
0: I'm guessing it was a big day I'm sure you celebrated Mother's Day early you said Millie sit right here we're gonna watch the 76ers and pelicans tonight and uh, actually <laughs> we did you, you know? did
1: actually we did I watched the end of the I started to watch the uh, we watched a movie, uh, the 21 Bridges movie, and then that ended at just around like late like right as the fourth quarter was beginning and she had about one minute of it said i'm going downstairs (laughs) it's smart and i sat there with (laughs) i sat there with the volume off and watched it painfully and uh you know with five of the eight starters of the pelicans not playing zion certainly wasn't in the game because he's been getting mauled in the paint according to david griffin uh you know the 76ers came out with a victory i'm not sure it really counts as a victory you know, they were 11 and a half point favorites. They were trailing. They gave up 37 points in the third quarter uh, to a bunch of backups. So when they needed to make a play, but, you know, the situational at the end of the game, Patrick, was fascinating. So the Sixers are able to, they're, they're up by two. They come down the court. They're playing good defense. The ball looks like it goes out of bounds and, mm-hmm. and it gets scooped in bounds and the Sixers recover it, but they blew the whistle which meant that you know they thought it was out of bounds so now we have a jump ball so they jump the ball right at midcourt the 76ers get it danny green is right on the line whether he crosses the line doesn't somehow i don't know he didn't get called for a backcourt i really don't and then they start dribbling around they call timeout next thing you know they turn the ball back over again to the to the pelicans because they violated the eight second rule and the Pelicans have a chance for a set, for a three-pointer or a two-pointer to send the game to overtime, and Bledsoe turns it over in the paint. So it was an u- ugly, 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 <laughs> ugly game. Not well, as ugly as the Celtics and the Bulls. Oh, Did you see stop. the scoreboard last
0: night? Oh, my. Did you see the scoreboard last night? Look, we're coming at it from a Did betting and an investing perspective, but the games have been abhorrent. Look at that. The Celtics are a disaster right now. They're in the play-in.
1: And they were playing really good
0: for a while. Now I know the they're playing seed. great.
1: <laughs> now they were playing really good, you know. And, and you know, now the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers. I mean, you know, the Bulls are, you know, there's three games. There's they're three games out of the 10th spot. So I don't think they're going to make it. But, you know, wow. Wow. I mean, the Pelicans are three and a, two and a half games out. And obviously Zion's not going to play for a while. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. The magic number right now is three for your 76ers to clinch that one seed, which we do admit is important. Nobody else is paying attention. The Nets certainly aren't paying attention, but the (laughs) the 76ers are. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. A busy spring day. As I mentioned, mother's day weekend, happy mother's day to all the moms out there. We'll continue. It is the Lombardi line. Here is an action update.
2: This is Brent Musberger, and here is your v Sin Action Update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The Brooklynettes have dropped four straight to fall to number three of the Eastern Conference. They're laying three at Denver today, 231 the to total at Ball Arena. The Cubs have won four straight. They're laying $1.75 at Wrigley today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Trevor Williams for Chicago against Will Crow of the Pirates, plus 160. Lance Lynn on the hill for the White Sox. $1.70 road favorite at Kansas City. The Royals have dropped six straight. They're plus 155, eight and a half over the total. Red Sox in first place in the American League East, a dollar 44 favorite at Baltimore, nine and a half flat the total there. The Boston Bruins laying $2.80 at home against the Rangers. v gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members-only best bets email, and in-depth coverage each week. In Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10-day free trial. Vsin.com/slash/subscribe. With your Action Update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest Vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about.
0: a busy day on the diamond. Mr. Baseball is here. Michael Lombardi we will get to that coming up in just a little bit. Busy day on the ice as well as we head closer and closer NBA NHL postseason. Michael, we'll get to the football in just a bit, including an update on Aaron Rodgers, which is necessary because as the world turns, so does the drama that includes Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Well, let,
1: let, let, let's be honest. I mean, if you're a Packer assistant coach or you're, you're Matt LaFleur, you, you know, your career is in balance here. You know, your career is in balance because if he skips town, do you really think this Packer team is the best team in the North? I certainly don't. No. Okay. And and I'm sure none of those people do. And if you lose him, life without a quarterback. I mean, Green Bay fans uh, have experienced 29 years of having a quarterback. 29 years of having great quarterbacking play. Now, it hasn't resulted in Super Bowl titles, which is somewhat disappointing. They've only won two. But the reality of it is, is when they were when they drive the Lambeau Field every Sunday or they drive to the road teams stadium, Packer fans know their quarterbacking play was stellar. Now they're going to enter in a world that welcome to the NFL, you know, welcome to the NFL. Now, what are they going to do?
0: Yeah, and we take a look right now. Now, this is just from a couple of days ago DraftKings, but let's just take a look at the numbers as far as where Rodgers ends up next year. And then we'll just take a step back and get a look at the 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 full picture from from you Michael from the front office perspective. Okay, and we understand it's very interesting with the Packers because they are an anomaly as far as their structure. The Packers are still your favorite at minus 134. The Broncos you see are closing in though at plus 175. It was 2 to 1 a couple of days ago. So, a reaction to the Broncos being the second betting favorite. And then we'll switch back to the front office structure with the Packers.
1: Do you think, do you think the, uh, I see the 49ers are plus 600. Now they have, you know, they have Trey Lance, right? So would Best they, trade Trey Lance, you know, <laughs> would they trade Trey Lance? And, you know, now, you know, would they get something back for that? I mean, that would be, they've gave up two number ones for Trey Lance. You know, what would they do? That would be an interesting trade. I love the Raiders at plus 800 because the Raiders are the one team that could honestly say with a thousand percent certainty, we can give you back a quarterback. He's not as good as Aaron Rodgers, certainly. But he has two years left on a contract, and he's going to make $40 million over those two seasons. And you could at least compete. You would probably stay. You know, your win total would come down, but you would still be the favorite in that conference, in that division, uh, if if Derek Carr was under center. So they could give him something back. And then they it wouldn't – what would the cost be after that? I can't imagine it would be more than another one and a two. I mean, you get Carr and a one and a two for Rodgers and, and it was a hopeless situation, not bad. I mean, to me, why would the Browns entertain this? I, I can't see that. You know, why would the the Panthers would entertain it? I don't know if they have enough to How get about there. about the Saints at 12-1? to 1. Well, look, we know this for a fact. You know, we know that there's so many stories about the Saints in the draft. They were trying to trade up the yeah. corner, right, which I believe to be the case. Then after they couldn't get the corner, they had their sights set on Mac Jones. Now, everybody said that. When I said that, they said, you're full of it, right? But then it comes out that they actually had a deal in place with the Arizona Cardinals to trade to 16 if, if New England couldn't get there. They could not get once the 10th pick was, tr- once the, the 10th pick was traded to Philadelphia. 12 to 10 dallas and philly make that exchange philly picks the receiver 11 becomes another trade target that's where the bears come in to get justin fields new orleans couldn't get to that pick okay once that pick is gone now 12 you know dallas isn't moving off of 12 they just moved off of 10 they wanted makai parsons to be the bobby wagner of the defense they can't move 13 they were not moving off of that pick in, in the Chargers. They needed Slater. They wanted the, the offensive lineman. They couldn't move away from him. What were they going to get? That's They locked in. Fourteen became the viable place. Minnesota would have picked Fields had they stayed. We've learned that after the draft. So Fields is gone. So they were going to pick whom at that point. No one knows. They get a great offer to go with the Jets. The Jets come up to take Tucker, and all of a sudden, the Patriots get Mac Jones. There was nowhere for New Orleans to go. They couldn't break the code in there. This is where they couldn't get in there. Nobody was willing to move. The Jets were willing to move. The Jets were very willing. I mean, excuse me, the Vikings were willing to move. They just didn't want to move below where the New Orleans Saints were. So when you put the Saints up here as a quarterback option, you have to believe that Sean Payton is going to continue his search for that hair apparent. And no matter what assets he have to give, he has to give up, he's going to be committed to getting the right answer at quarterback.
0: So sports betters are always looking for an edge is a, a pro that I know he, one time he, he was, he was mining for the relationship status of a starting quarterback in college football because he heard he was in a dramatic relationship. That'll just give you an idea of why I'm starting to ask you the question about the structure of the front office of the Packers. So we can get an idea of what's going to happen with Rogers. When Ted Thompson passed, what was his role? Was he a conduit between Murphy and and Gudencus, the general manager, like how is it structured right now? So we can take a look at where they stand in the front office and what's going to happen with Rogers.
1: So when Ted Thompson came back, Ted was in Seattle and Ted did not get the general manager's job in Seattle. Bob Ferguson was uh, when Mike Holmgren was there. Remember Mike Holmgren was in Seattle and he had all the power. And Bob Whitsit, who was running the Portland Trailblazers at the time, he was also running the Seattle Seahawks at the time. He was running two teams. Witsit decided that he needed to take the general manager title away from home grid. He wasn't really qualified to do that job. So he took the title away. He didn't give it to Ted Thompson. He gave it to a guy named Bob Ferguson. Bob Ferguson was out of football now. So Ted Thompson was passed over. When Ted Thompson got passed over and Ron Wolfe retired, hmm. because remember, Ted Thompson left Green Bay to go with home grid. Right. To go to be his personnel guy in Seattle, he comes back to replace Wolf, and in that contract, he replaced Wolf wholeheartedly. Wolf had complete control over the football operation, complete control. He was the dominant force in Green Bay's football operation. He picked Ray Rhodes after Mike Holmgren. He fired Ray Rhodes after a year. He then picked Mike Sherman. He did everything in his power. So when they brought back Thompson, they gave him the same exact contract that that Ron Wolf had. Okay. Now what happens now what happens thompson has it in his contract the coach works for the head general manager once thompson retires murphy had taken over for bob harlan murphy now decides no more that that language is going in the contract the power structure starts with me everybody works for me i hire the coach i hire the gm they both report to me and that's where it is and that's why i'm having a hard time understanding how much why there's so much hate to Gudicus. He's not Jerry Krause. Krause had all the power in Chicago with running the Bulls. He was all the power. It was the owner allowed him to run the team. This is not the case in Green Bay. Murphy is running the team based on how he sees it.
0: So is Gutekus the general manager you see there on your screen? Is he the fall guy or if he was simply fired? We've heard in what you're referencing is Aaron Rodgers joking with teams in the group text that Gutekus is essentially Jerry Krause. If he's let go by the Packers, is all good? Or do you think that's just a smokescreen by Rodgers?
1: I don't know if it can really. How does it solve the problem? Murph's still there running. Whoever comes in to replace Gutekus is going to do what Murph wants him to do. Right. You know, whoever comes in is going to do whatever he wants them to do. So I don't know how that solves the problem. They've tried to solve the problem, reportedly so, that they've offered them more money. But let, let's get this back to the better. Let's get this back to the better. If you're, this is why they took Green Bay off the board, because no one really can adequately predict. Remember, the last time they lost Rodgers, you know, uh, uh, Hunley was the quarterback, and they went 5-11. and 11. It cost Mike McCarthy his job. No one, no one can do this. Plus, they play the they they play this first place schedule. They play the the ninth game on the road. I mean, does anybody think if Rodgers is absent from this that they can win at home against the Rams, Seahawks, the Browns? You know, maybe they can beat the Steelers. Can they beat Washington? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, and I think the difference as far as season win total implied would probably be about three games. So, I mean, he, that's a huge difference. If you go ten and a half eight-and-a-half, eight, somewhere in that range, Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers, that's just a market difference. I mean, he's, he's everything to the team.
1: No doubt. He's everything to the team. He's everything to their defense. He's everything to their offense. He's everything to the special teams, you know, and the root cause of this problem, I'm not sure we really know. I'm not sure we know. Yes, it's part money. Yes, it's disrespecting. Yes, there's no owner. But there's got to be some form of re- resolution. And I don't get the sense in talking to people in and around the Packers that that they feel like they can resolve it. They feel like they can resolve it. And I don't think they feel like they want to trade the player. Do you want to have that on your resume? You've traded Aaron Rodgers after he just was the MVP of the league?
0: So is that the next step? if they don't trade him now, we're getting a little in the weeds on the contract, but can't they get out of it pretty easily? If he plays the 2021 year, meaning it's not punitive as far as what happens to the cap with the Packers, if he does play this next year. So a lot of it has been made that he's, he's trying to protect himself. I think there's more layers than even just what we're talking about with the general manager. But can you talk about that one year out after this year?
1: Well, I mean, look, you know, we know the cap could go up a little bit next year. It's not going to be as, 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 Devastating as it was this season in terms of no no increase and really because of the COVID ha- taking an effect on everything, but the reality I think very clearly is is that Rodgers knows that you know if he comes back, in next year in 2022 the Packers can then defer the money out to 2023. They could do the June one trade designate him as that, and then he also gets away from the 30 million dollar question, which is if he announces his retirement. You know if he announces his retirement then he's got to pay money back. That's all in the contract. And I don't know if the Jeopardy job is going to be available right away because apparently I was told reliably from Millie last night that when Jeopardy came on, do you know, Savannah Guthrie taped Jeopardy like and she's going to do a week, and they, they've got people out all the way to January taping the show. Wait,
0: this is breaking news. Our, our, our Jeopardy, Jeopardy insider and TV insider Millie has said what? No? A, she,
1: is a, she is an insider. Savannah Guthrie from the Today Show is, a host, is going to be a host on the show. So, like, apparently and she's a professional.
0: So Roger stunk, right. Michael. Come on. Let's be fair. Uh, Ask Millie. I don't. Everybody Millie thinks, right everybody now. What thinks, does
1: she think? Everybody. I, Millie don't watch Jeopardy. This was just gossip from another area. It kind of <laughs> lingered in.
0: Okay. Go ahead. I mean, sorry. You know, it comes on
1: sometimes. <laughs> so, Samantha's I, in the I mix. Think this, S- Savannah. Savannah.
0: <laughs> sorry. My bad. <laughs> Savannah. You got to get, you get your, you know. <laughs> What's Stephanie say? What do you say, Steph? He knew, oh, yeah, he knows Savannah. Okay, my bad. I apologize. Go ahead, Michael.
1: All right, so I don't know if the Jeopardy gig's going to become available. Stop laughing, Stephanie. I don't know if the Jeopardy gig's going to come available. So, you know, what, what's going to happen? I mean, I, I'm shocked Paulie Howard hasn't done it yet. I, that's really what I'm surprised yeah. about. I figure, like, why isn't Paulie Howard the host of yeah, Jeopardy? Yeah, that'd be electric. Don't you think that would be the perfect oh, fit?
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, you know, I mean, he would be Everybody perfect. Everybody knows I mean, him nationally. He, you know, he, Yeah. Everybody knows him nationally, and who could pull off a, a who could pull off a, a, a coat with a T-shirt underneath it better than Paul? Oh, I mean, seriously. Absolutely
0: nobody. Ryan Gosling maybe, but that's about it. No, nah, nah, no. I chance. don't think so either. No chance. The, no, we, of <laughs> course we put him number one. Now listen, he he doesn't provide Jeopardy value. All kidding aside, without the Green Bay Packer logo next to him. So if he's retiring, this isn't a Jim Brown situation where you've talked about it. Maybe you can let the audience know nationally here what what you were discussing this past weekend about what happened with Jim Brown and the Browns.
1: Well, Jim Brown was in London filming the movie, uh, in a movie, and, and Art Modell, then the owner of the team in 64, was like, look, you've got to come back to training camp. And he's like, no, I'm filming this movie. And so he put an ultimatum to him because back then, you know, the owners had complete control of the players. They didn't even have a players' union. They had nothing going for them. I mean, there was nothing that the players had other than their contract. And they dangled that. I think he was making $100,000 a year to play football, which was unheard of a salary back then. And the owners were in complete control. They had, you know, either you play or you're not going to get your money. And, he, and, and Jim, who's a man of his convictions, said, no, I'm going to do this movie and I'll, I'll retire. I don't need you to make my money. And I think this is a little bit where Rodgers has that similar mindset. You know, I don't think he feels like he's 38 years old. I think he's made a lot of money in his career. I don't think he's one of those kind of guys who spends a lot of money. You know, and I don't know his finances, nor do I want to get involved in that. But I think he's probably made enough to retire comfortably. But I I don't think he wants to deal with what he's been dealing with. Look, I think this all started. I really do. I think this all started with the selection of the head coach. Because I'm often told that there's not exactly this great love and chemistry between LaFleur and Rodgers. I think there's a little bit of, you know, I'm helping you out more than you're helping me out. And I've said it from the beginning. I thought it was a mistake. When you have a quarterback of the ilk of Rodgers, intellectually of the ilk of Rodgers, somebody who needs to be stimulated, You better go in there with a coach that understands what he can do for him. That's why I thought Mike Shanahan was the perfect hire for the Green Bay Pack. They were ready to go compete for a Super Bowl if they got a little bit more out of the quarterback, which you knew Mike could do. Plus, you bring somebody in with clout, somebody in who's got championship rings. I mean, I think it's what Doc Rivers has done for the 76ers, you know. Is Doc a better coach than Brett Brown? He is perception-wise because he brings rings with him. He brings playing with him. He brings credibility because of his past. And the players listen. And even though the message might be the same as Brett Brown was given, it's completely taken differently. And I think that's what they missed in Green Bay. I think Murph hiring, I'm going to hire this young guy. Well, it's great you hire a young guy, but the young guy the young guy isn't as smart as the guy you got playing quarterback. The guy playing quarterback thinks he knows
0: more than the young guy does. And th- that's a challenge. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. And then I don't on the flip side the broncos who we mentioned are the second betting favorite they have a strong roster obviously the two talented young wide receivers Noah Fant um, denver's defense would be rogers best he's ever had let's be fair so can oh, you yeah, imagine no rogers operating on an offense on shorter fields with that defense making stops
1: unbelievable right he could do it and I, and i think that's why denver to me but but once again denver what can, they they can only give draft picks back right they could only, and maybe the Packers feel like, look, we've got to play Jordan Love. That won't work out so well, but we've got to play Jordan Love. The reality here is is I think the Raiders are the bet. To me, John Gruden has never developed a quarterback. He's always had an older quarterback. And at 38, Rodgers goes in there. I'm sure he and Rodgers would hit it off perfectly, and it could really help the Raiders. I think the Raiders at plus 800 is a great bet. It's a great bet because Gruden will make that deal. Gruden will make And it's only Gruden. It's only Gruden doesn't have to get approval because they're not going I kept saying this during the draft, they're not going to extend Derek Carr. I don't see them doing that. They're not going to pay Carr $42, 43000000 we
0: We'll get their season total for the Raiders and the Broncos, which is updated, coming back. My apologies to Savannah. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. buddy jeff siegel's been hot over at express bet belmont belmont park today race nine jeff likes the three horse promise keeper at seven to two on the morning line you see the picks right there Pythagorean. I always have a hard time with that name. It's a good horse at five to two on the morning line race five at Santa Anita. Okay. You can bet these races and the horses over at first bet. They're giving you 20 bucks and free bets for all new users who sign up now through May 15th. Okay. The Preakness is coming up. Use the promo code Vegas 20. Also everybody who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to the VEASAN subscription products for free. It's a great deal. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses right now vcin.com slash horses. I think we're going to need a book to put up odds on who will be Michael, the host of jeopardy. Uh, Stephanie. I just talked we to her. Put her odds. We should. I mean, her, her have, sensibilities are odds. offended by Rogers potentially being talked about. We've got Millie on the Savannah train. Uh, Joe Buck now how about, about Polly? How about Pauly Howard? What do we think? Somebody even money. I thought it was a brilliant even money. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. We gotta get it. He's got to be a big time get, favorite.
1: We, I know it's weekends and Pauly's not up this early on weekends, but, but I mean, it would be nice to get him on the show once and ask him about what he thinks he would change with Jeopardy and how he could make it even in better programming. Is Maybe he we'll a big Jeopardy day. guy? I don't know. We'll just turn them into one. Oh, we, okay. you know, we're, we can create, we create characters on this show all the time. I think Bill Berman became oh, part of it Bill, <laughs> you know, last, I mean, last <laughs>
0: time I saw Berman. He was spinning the, the wheel of fortune. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure he could do that. Well, too. Uh, well, we know that buck was in the mix. We know that Anderson Cooper. I mean, these are professional hosts Rogers right, all kidding know. aside Rogers, no chance. He sounds yeah. like Kermit. Uh,
1: Look, I think there's a strong, strong sense of it. You know, he can carry the. You know, it's a little bit like American Idol. Do you remember when American Idol was there? I was at the Raiders, and Don Martindale, with the linebacker coach then at the Raiders, was a huge Taylor Hicks fan. Huge Taylor Hicks fan. Like, he couldn't see 10 feet. <laughs> he loved Taylor Wink Hicks. Martindale yeah. is a big Hicks fan? love Taylor Hicks, you know, and and every like whatever the day that show was on, I think maybe Tuesday night, Wednesday morning around the coffee, you know, he would come in and how Taylor Hicks is going to win. And I'm saying, look, there's no way Taylor Hicks can win. There's no chance. He's going to be singing in the lounge at the Holiday Inn in Birmingham, like in five years. There's no chance he's winning this thing. And I learned something. I learned that American Idol is a lot like politics, where if you can carry the southern states, you can win. Yes. You can win. Yes. And, and, poor, and poor Catherine McPhee, she lived in Los Angeles. They, they couldn't get six people to show up at her reunion or anything like that. Like, she couldn't get any votes. Yeah. Taylor Hicks wins. And, and, you know, Wink and I still laugh about it. In fact, I, I think Wink and I probably I saw the other day he was playing in some holiday Inn in Birmingham. We, we should probably go and watch it.
0: Well, you were upset about that because everybody knows you were a big Dottery fan. Weren't you a big Daughtry guy? Oh, I I loved him.
1: I I didn't understand how he got voted out. I didn't understand how this voting was going, you know. But, you know, that's where I think you get into these. That's where I think the odds are, you know, who's making the call. You know it'll be top secret. There's no doubt we're going to be able to bet Jeopardy. There's no doubt. There's no doubt.
0: Hey, by the way, uh, again, the second betting favorite to procure uh, Roger Services are the Denver Broncos. So last week we were sitting here at seven and a half. How about the season win total is adjusted at bet MGM to eight and a half, Michael? Juiced up to one forty to the over. So we're getting closer to nine. On, you see it right there. We are closer to nine than anything else on a season win total for the Broncos. Do we? Something's do up. Do we have the West? Do we have the AFC West odds? Up I, have them, we I have them. I have them right here from the South Point for you. And right yeah, like now, what, is the, what
1: are the what are the, the Raiders'
0: odds? Were at seven, I think. Let me go. I have them right here on my. I got them six to one. This was as of two days ago. Six to one here at the South Point for the Broncos in the AFC West. Obviously, the Chiefs minus two twenty favorites. The Chargers were four what, and a quarter. What,
1: what were the Raiders? What what are the Raiders' win total for the season? I think it was at seven no, seven and a half. Seven right?
0: and a half last week come down a half a game to seven. Now, I don't know what, again, the Raiders have come down a half a game. The Broncos have jumped a full entire game as far as season win totals.
1: It's amazing how the Raiders have just, like, they're off season. There's been no love at all towards them. I mean, remember last year and the year before they had Antonio, all this And I think there's just not a lot of confidence that they've improved their defense. I think this is reflective of that number. That's what's amazing. And, you know, taking Leatherwood in the first round, I mean, everybody's wondering, like, what are they doing? But this is, again, three years in a row that Mike Mayock uh, has no real sense of what other teams are doing in the sense he takes Farrell at four, or John Gruden, should I say, Farrell, takes Arnett, you know, Ruddy, and then they come back and take Leatherwood. And, you know, Leatherwood, there's a lot of issues around Leatherwood that, that are outside of football in terms of of what he's going to look like when
0: he starts playing wait are you high all of a sudden on the Raiders we can talk about this if you no. need to okay. no I'm not I'm not at all I mean I'm not at all high on the Raiders <laughs> I, I haven't been
1: I think their defense is going to be even worse than it was last year
0: yeah no it's good they've they've dropped from seven and a half season win total bet MGM down to seven for the Raiders coming up next Josh Applebaum joins Why can't sanjaya host jeopardy is the question michael just texted me i don't know the answer we'll find out we continue it is the lombardi line on a saturday hey remember if you missed any of the shows here on vson whether it's follow the money uh numbers game the lombardi line Uh, You just go to check out all the podcasts they're right there for you. Visa.com slash podcast, including Gil Alexander's beating the book. Josh Applebaum's market insights. He's going to join us here in a second. Get PGA tour betting previews on long shots. Get the horse racing, Ron Flatters, racing pod, whatever you're betting. We've got a pod for it. Find them all for free at visa.com slash podcast. That's visa.com slash podcast. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher live from the visa studios here at the South point josh applebaum we just mentioned the podcast market insights he joins us now as we say hi he's got the the fresh new cut we were just talking american idol do you have a favorite do you have a favorite idol josh
3: oh man i got kelly clarkson you got to go back to the beginning right guys i don't know she's she's the goat when it comes to american idol
0: how are you today let's set up the market
3: Yeah, so guys, uh, big day here. Great to be with you on a Saturday. Let's start off with some baseball. Throw some plays at our guy, Mr. Baseball, Michael, and Barty. See if he likes any of them. Uh, I would keep an eye on one thing today. It's interleague matchups. Interleague matchups, obviously AL versus NL used to be a rare thing. Now it's much more common. We have seen thus far in interleague matchups when there's a line move toward either team. It's basically where the money is going in these matchups. It's done very, very well so far. So interleague line moves are 28 and 18 so far this year, 61%. So there's a lot of matches here today Uh, first one Michael looking at Washington and the New York Yankees this one's really intriguing to me because uh, Nats 13 and 15 uh, Yankees 16 and 16 the Nats crushed the Yankees yesterday 11 to 4 they're a plus 160 dog this kind of goes to the fact that again a lot of these dogs doing very well this year they're only winning about 47% but you're up nearly 50 units because of these dog plus money payouts but guys this might be a situation where buying low on a favorite could have some value because you'll get this matchup Scherzer against Corey Kluber uh, automatically you know how do you not take max scherzer on the mound getting plus money and if you want to back that i don't blame you whatsoever but guys this is kind of a split ticket count even some public you know betters are saying hey give me just give me scherzer with plus money that's all i need to know yet some of these books open around yankees minus 115 and even though you have the split ticket count or slight lean to the nats the line the line is now up to yankees minus 120 so this would be kind of a fade the trendy dog spot buying low on the yankees here uh a, a favorite with a low total totals only eight again when you're on a favorite these low totals benefit you as the fewer amount of expected runs scored more likely it's going to come from that better team here we talked about the interleague move uh 28 and 18 61 percent that would match with the yankees here you also have a home plate up alfonso marquez he's 57 percent to home team so far this year and then that's even though they won yesterday six and 11 as a dog five and seven away yankees are plus 11 11 in run differential Washington Minus 15. So, Michael, what do you think here? Uh, would you be buying low on the Yankees in the spot? Or is it, hey, don't outthink it, get plus money with Scherzer?
1: Well, I think this, I think the Yankees have continually been overvalued at the books. I mean, it's the Yankees, it's the brand, and, and they get overvalued. And I think when you analyze this, I think Kluber is a guy, this line is reflective, not of Kluber's 4.46 FIP number. It's more, it's more indicative of his last two starts, right? And I think that's where the last 14.2 innings of work, he's had great success. And now that came against Baltimore and the Detroit Tigers, so it wasn't like it was coming against the best-hitting teams in the league. But I don't know how you go against Schwercher. I mean, a 2.454 ERA. He's coming off a complete game against the Marlins. I mean, I don't know how you would go against him and take the Yankees.
0: Also, let's be fair to the Nats who came into last night, I believe averaging about three and a half per, as far as runs, it's been an anemic offense thus far. However, Soto's back and they're playing in an AL park, Josh, where he can DH last night, two hits, including a two run bomb late in the game. So Soto, who's by far their best player back in that lineup makes the offense that much more dangerous.
3: Yeah, it's a great point by you, Patrick. Another point, you know, just thinking of Soto returning and playing the style of baseball in the home park here. Keep an eye on this total, Michael. This is, uh, you know, you have two great pitchers on the mound. Totals eight. Uh, and you say, hey, you know, it's gonna be a two to one game, a three nothing game. However, some of these books, it's minus one ten to the uh, to the total of eight here. But I do see a couple books that are around minus one fifteen to the over. So maybe a little uh, kind of a contrarian over opportunity here. You do have uh, the wind blowing uh, a little bit out out to left here. It's kind of a kind of a um, about fifty degree day Yankee Stadium yet. You do have this Marquez ump who's good for the home team and for the over. He's about 54% with wind blowing out. So maybe a sneaky over opportunity, even though it looks like uh, it's a deadbeat under there.
1: Yeah, you know, but the Yankee day games, Josh, have been really low scoring. I mean, strangely low scoring. And, you know, the temperature on the first pitch, it's a little chilly back here. It's not typically a May 8th day. It's going to be in the 50 degrees. And oftentimes, In these day games, uh, the wind does blow in and it favors the home plate and obviously an advantage to the pitcher. So, you know, you may have intel that it's blowing out today, but typically when at one o'clock when these day games start at Yankee Stadium, that's why I think it's been a favorable to pitcher. I think that's why the under is so low, because it's the weather, the wind and the pitchers.
0: That was an opportunity, Mr. Baseball, for you to take a bow. You had the over with Tyon and Corbin yesterday, which cashed easily. And then also... You were pointing to the Mets. The Mets pick up a win. So Mr. Baseball is 2-0 and yesterday. Do you have anything to say about that, Michael? You know, I had the Mets, too, yesterday. I know. I I'm talking, talking Mets, about remember, you. Was, talking, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking oh, about Mr. Oh. Baseball. You told us to take the oh, Yankees yeah. over. Easy cover. And right. then we, you told us to take the Mets. Good job. Look, I'm just trying to help. I get I know, up every morning. I'm just trying to
1: help. I don't know. I try to help about baseball. You know, I mean, I would play two every day. If you could, you hey, know, up I mean, at three but I worry about. I wor- I worry about these games. I-, I think there's a little misconception. Josh is living in the east, so he knows. Like, we're not fully in in warm weather yet i mean we're not there today today it's only going to be in the 50s and we're supposed to get a bunch of wind and rain and and you know it's a typical spring day in the east this is more of an april day than it is a may day and that's what worries you a little bit about all the things that happen and and look I love Scherzer. I, I don't see how, you know, through six starts, he's been sensational. And like I said, he's coming off the complete game against the Marlins. You know, I just think he's aged far more gracefully than Kluber.
0: Yeah, that cold weather still a heavy ball out east. Josh, we got another no-hitter. It was the fourth in 37 days yesterday. Wade, when Wade Miley's throwing a no-no, we just got to retire it. Second in three days. Uh, but let's set up the game here with the Reds and Indians, and then we'll come back and cap it.
3: Yeah, guys, it used to be like no hitters were very, very rare. I don't know. They got to move the mound up or do something here because it's just pitchers dominating right now. But real quick, guys, this this does look to be a bounce back spot for Cleveland. Sharps on Cleveland last night. Did not come through that Wade Miley. Uh, no hitter, obviously, uh, killed that play. But, guys, this one is a big line move. Cleveland opened around. Uh, it was about a minus 105 pick on both sides. And I'll, the line is now up to we're showing minus 112. But a lot of these books are like minus 120 now, minus so 125. this would be a steam 10 cents or more in a non-division game. For a home team that's 43 and 31 this year, 58%. That same interleague line move, that same favorite with a low total. And Michael, to me, this is a pitching advantage. Castillo's got a one and three record, 6.07 ERA. Savali, four and zero, 3.2 for the Tribe here.
0: Save your thoughts, Michael. When we come back, we'll get your take on the Reds Indians. Also, just because I want to see the graphic, if we can get a Mr. Baseball play on the backside, I'd love that as well. We continue 15 games in Major League Baseball. Continue capping those with Josh Applebaum, of course. Michael Lombardi is. We continue on a Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSYN, the sports betting network. At MGM you can win $100 for a $1 wager on the championship boxing showdown between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders just use the bonus code Vison 100 and experience the fight night with the king of Sportsbooks. don't forget to watch live on the zone May 8th at 8 p.m. It's coming up tonight 5 Pacific new customer offer it's paid for in free bets Visit MGM for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, we welcome you back. Got a Mr. Baseball play coming up here in baseball. (laughs) 15 games on the diamond today. Josh Applebaum joining Michael Lombardi and I. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Uh, Important to note, I, I think it was important that Michael mentioned still kind of chilly out there because that deadens the ball and we've seen the offensive offensive struggle Josh as we set up last time we set up the Reds and Indians go ahead Michael.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to disagree with Mr. Baseball from the from New England there, but I, I do like, I do like the Indians here. I think Savell has pitched better than we give him credit for his walks and his uh, strikeouts are down and his hits are down. Excuse me, his walks and his and his hits are down. He's had good control, and the last time he's played, uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati has only won. Excuse me, I'm sorry, Cleveland has been able to control it. And I think he won't get burned by Castillo, And I think the tribe has a good path to helping him win this week's win this game. So I like the Indians here.
0: All right. We got a baseball fight going on between Josh Applebaum and Michael Lombardi. <laughs> we shall see. Well, how it I turn. mean, look, look, <laughs>
1: Castillo like is Castile hasn't really. I mean, he's not the Castile we expect. They've only won one of his starts this season in which he pitched seven innings and they've scored 11 runs. You know, I know Cleveland struggles at the plate. But uh, I think that the Indians, they've only lost one time with Seville on the mound. So, I'm going to go with him.
0: There it is. Josh Applebaum, Padres, Giants, next. What do you got?
3: Yeah, this one's interesting, guys, because uh, I think it's kind of one of those go back to the well, it looks gross, but there is value to back the Giants, I think, again today, because look at this matchup. Uh, San Fran won 5-4 to four last night, plus 130, dog cashed out uh, as a dog play. And really kind of what the public's looking at is uh, – name recognition Joe Musgrove he's, he's thrown the ball very well this year two and three two point six five era but remember he threw the no hitter and I think with the, these no, no hitters this is something to look at when you're betting moving forward because if they if you get to all the publicity the hype of throwing a no no, that may lead to these pitchers being overvalued their next few starts so uh, what I like here guys is just a big public play towards San Diego we picture them as a really good team, but actually San Fran's got a better record, 19 and 13. They're one of the best home teams this year. Uh, they're actually the best home team, 11 and 3 overall. But I like about this one, guys. Heavy betting on the Padres. This is a very lopsided public play. Public says Padres are great. They coming off a loss. They got to win today. Yet a lot of these books have pretty much. It's been a line freeze. It stayed exactly where it's at. Some of these books are even like minus 130 pods down to minus 125. So looks like you're taking in some a little bit of money here on San Francisco. They would match a few systems that I like a dog off. Win 6% ROI this year. Divisional dogs that built in familiarity kind of benefits the team getting the plus money payout. Sweet spot dog plus 140 or less, 8% ROI. And also Kevin Gosman. I think Musgrove gets all the attention. Michael Gosman's 2 0 with a 2.04 ERA. And also, what do you think of this over, Michael? It's a seven, but it's juiced up to the over. The over hit last night, and wind is blowing out about 10 to 15 miles an hour. When the total seven or lower this year, the over is 18 and 12, 60%.
1: I like the over a lot here. I really do. I think that uh, Guzman has pitched extremely well this year, but his career numbers at some point, he's going to return to the norm, and and I believe that just the way the low number is, I think this is also overvalued based on the no-hitters, so I I like the over here a lot, Josh. I'm with you.
0: I agree with what you both say here. I think the preseason expectations have shaded this number a little bit, Josh. Uh, The Padres so much expected. But if you take a look at the NL West right now, San Francisco, the Giants are sitting in first place. If you had this, by the way, May 8th, sitting here a day before Mother's Day, that the Dodgers would be 17 and 16, just a game over 500 in third place in their own division, where they were huge favorites. Obviously, the win total set right around 105 for the Dodgers. And you had them looking up at the Friars, obviously the Padres and the Giants. That'd be incredible, Josh
3: yeah i really wouldn't patrick you make a great point because if you just glance at the standings pretty much every division i think the great part about this year if you want to bet on dogs and dogs are off to one of their best starts overall the beauty of it again you can win less than 50 percent of your dog plays but still make money they're only 47 percent this year but you're up 50 units but i think the key is when you look at those standings guys Other than Patrick, I'm sorry, your Detroit Tigers. There, there's no really terrible teams, and there's no really really good teams. It's just everyone is beating each other. Uh, There's no, I think the the, kind of the fact that the league is very even this year really benefits a lot of these dog plays and going against some of your preconceived notions of hey, Tatis, you know this team is young, they're great, you got to bet on them. However, you know every game is an individual spin at the roulette wheel, and following this money has been pretty good with these dog spots.
0: Yeah, and if you're gonna win over a long, as Michael calls it, a Marathon in a baseball betting season, you got to find a lot of those pluses next to the numbers. See that right there with the Giants It says plus 115. You're going to have to pick out a couple of dogs uh, most likely along the way. If you're going to profit over a long baseball season, next one up Dodgers, the aforementioned uh, at the Angels here, Josh.
3: Yeah. Dodgers. What is going on with the Dodgers here, guys? Uh, they lose again tonight. They get beaten pretty bad. Nine to two. You had LA, another dog plus plus one fifty five. Uh The LA angels win last night, but the Dodgers uh, had an incredible start. Their win total was what Patrick? Michael one Oh one, something great. One Oh four.
0: Dodgers uh, were as high as one Oh five at a couple of, but it's insane
3: insane guys right. and again if you if you have the over you're not feeling good right now if you took if you kind of went the other way and went under you're feeling really good but the dodgers are only are only four and 14 their last 18 games they've lost four straight uh Anaheim is coming off that win last night but guys to me this is a play where this is like so heavily lopsided on the Dodgers. And this is the public, I think, and the Dodgers very, very, uh, very well may win this game here. But remember, Kershaw, with him on the mound, anytime he takes the, the field, they're going to be a big public favorite. They're going to be really popular. And they are again today, even though the Dodgers are struggling. I think the public sees the Dodgers, thinks this great World Series team, but that's not who they are right now. Uh, and again, they might win this game, but, Dodgers open like minus 160 they're all the way down to minus 145 easiest thing to do would be lay the Dodgers here because they're great and they have to win however line is dropping to the angels here this would be an interleague uh line move system 61 percent dog off a win and also Michael I think you're leaning on the bats of the angels to come alive they're hitting 260 second best in major league baseball
1: yeah, I mean, look, look what Trout's been doing lately since he came back from the injury. I mean, look, you know, we, there's always perceptions in every betting line. And I think there's a perception that the Dodgers No, If you said to somebody on the street, what's the Dodgers record? Nobody would say they're one game over 500. Everybody just assumes they're just dominating and they're not. And the Angels, you know, look, the Angels are 14 and 17. And when you get that Trout guy, you know, and he's when he's playing the way he does, everybody else around him plays. So I'm with you, Josh. I think it's a good, strong play.
0: Clayton Kershaw's last time out, I don't think he got out of the first, Josh. I'll go ahead and take a look. He got roughed up. I will say this about the Angels. You both are 100% correct. The offense is absolutely lethal. They can't defend, they lead the majors in errors. They can't pitch. That's been an issue. Uh, it's funny. If you think about pool holes there for nine years, They didn't have a starter for not. I mean, they didn't have a pitching staff for nine years. Trout's whole entire career has been wasted and the back end's been struggling as well. So I always look to the totals as well when I'm thinking angels, Dodgers, angels, Clayton Kershaw coming off a bad performance. Let's go. Mr. Baseball. Here. Yeah,
1: let's do it. Let's it, talk about it. Let's it, talk about the White Sox. Let's talk about those White Sox, right? Yes. Uh, Arnold, Arnold Rothstein's White Sox. Remember the 19, <laughs> you know? Let's talk about them. Lance Lynn is the reason I'm on this one tonight because he's coming off an exceptional start in 2021. He posted 1.82 ERA, 2.27 FIP. I think he's, in his four starts, I think his lone start against the Royals this season, he's tossed a complete game shutout uh, in which he struck out 11 batters and only allowed five hits. There we go. So opposing Lynch tonight is a kid that they really tout in, in, uh, you know, they tout in, in Kansas City. And I'm not sure that he's going to be able to hold up to the task. I think when you look at Daniel Lynch, you know, his first start, he lasted about four innings. You know, he allowed three earned runs, eight base runners. I'm going to go with the better pitcher today. I'm going with the White Sox. I know it's minus 160, but I really like Lance Lynn tonight. Josh, your take.
3: So my only concern is this line did dip a little bit to the to the Royals. Uh, but what I like about this one and Michael, uh, I think the factor here that you're leaning on is is kind of what I joke about on my uh, podcast during the weekday. It's the White Sox versus a lefty day. There are some teams that really, really crush lefties. And you're right. This kid Lynch supposed to be a really good prospect. But uh, I think it's only a second career start. But Michael, you're going to like this for your play on the White Sox today. So far this year, they're five and one against lefties. Last year, they went 14 and 0 against left handed starting pitchers. So if you look at the last. Two years here, or a year and a quarter, uh, you just add it up. They're 19-1 and one against left-handed pitchers. So, again, it is a year with a lot of dogs doing well, uh, and this line did open White Sox like minus 170 down to minus 160. But I think what you're leaning on for me if you're making this play is that the White Sox mash lefties, and they're going up against a young lefty here who maybe they'll get too early.
0: Josh, if we can just note, I like
3: like the over there too. I I do kind of
1: like the over there a little bit too. I like the over. I think the White Sox have the third highest OPS of any team in baseball against left-handed pitchers so far, and the filter to account for the 20. If you go back to last year, Chicago, like Josh just said, have been dynamic against this. So you add that in, Lynn pitching really well. I think they're going to score some runs today.
0: Speaking of totals, we've seen the total in St. Louis, Colorado in town. Has that dropped a full run here, Josh? I got an 8.5 opener that's down to 7.5. That's precipitous.
3: Yeah, it's really falling here guys Colorado st. Louis eight and a half down to 7.5. you really don't see moves of a full run that often here no. uh, but a couple things Patrick number one big uh it's rainy I don't know if the, I think they'll get the game in but it's rainy it's gross it's you know 45 50 degrees the wind is blown in like 15 miles an hour really heavy to the under and also if you look at uh Bush Stadium under so far this year 10 and seven 59 percent look at the last decade or so they're about 55 percent so you wouldn't think of of Bush Stadium as like an under type stadium, whether it's the wind, whether it's the you know, the configuration of the ballpark, been pretty good to the under. I would worry now you're just getting the worst of the number, but, but it definitely if you got it early, that was an underplay eight and a half or maybe even eight.
0: Okay, Josh, just a
1: reminder. Martinez Martinez has been great, though. Martinez this year is holding opponents to .209 on an average. I mean, you know, that's
0: impressive. Yeah, you don't see a number drop like that, a full run either way generally. Eight and a half opener down to seven and a half. Redbirds hosting the Rockies. When we continue, let's get back into the NFL. NFC East, we're going to go through those division odds next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's beast in the sports betting network.